Hello, this is Troy, and welcome to another episode of the Bikini Podcast. This is episode number 10, and today we're going to be talking about motivation. Now, I know a lot of you on Instagram have actually requested this topic, so I'm going to give it to you. I don't know exactly how I'm going to structure this, so I'm just going to reel off some crazy shit and see what we can make happen. Now, as per usual, I will be doing a Q&A. The questions have been submitted through Instagram, and I'll be doing that at the end of this podcast. Now, before I get into the whole motivation thing, I actually had a question today. Do I structure my podcast? Is everything on script? And the answer is no. I literally just wing it and say what I feel at the time. I have some topics that I may or may not talk about. Obviously, the questions are ready to go, but everything else is just literally said on the spot. So that's my crazy mind. That's how it works. And I think it's probably cooler that way because it's authentic and they are real and authentic reactions to what I'm saying. And I believe what I'm saying. And all of a sudden, I just gain momentum. You know, it's hard to gain momentum when you're you know, following a script and you're reading like a robot. That's just not me. So anyway, let's get into today's topic. All right, so let's just get started. I mean, one of the big things about motivation is goal setting. It might sound very cliche, but have you thought about what you want to be doing in five years time? And are you clear about your main objective at work at the moment, in your relationship, at the gym? Do you actually even know what you want to achieve by the end of the day? It's as simple as this. If you want to succeed, you need to set goals. What gets measured gets results. Without goals, you lack focus. You lack direction. You've got nothing to sacrifice for. When it comes down to putting your ass in line and getting the work done, you're actually thinking about, you know what, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I'm working for. When there is no set goal or direction, how can you have that sacrifice? How can you have that drive? You don't even know where you're going. Goal setting not only allows you to take control of your life's direction, but it also provides you with a benchmark for determining whether you are actually succeeding. And you know what? To accomplish a goal, you need to know how to set them. You can't say, I expect and want this to happen. Goal setting is a process that starts with careful consideration of what you want to achieve and ends with a lot of hard work and to actually do it. So, I mean, how do you set a goal and what type of goal should you set, right? You need to set a goal that motivates you. So the next question is, what is important to you? I mean, this can be used in a bodybuilding sense. It can be used in a career sense. It could be used in a relationship sense. We all have things that motivate us. We all see things in the future. We all know what we possibly might want. But when was the last time that you set a goal with the purpose of achieving that vision? With the purpose of achieving exactly what it is that you want. All goals need some sort of reward. That means that you need to make sure that it's important to you and you need to make sure that there is absolute value in achieving that goal. That value can come in many forms. I mean, it can come in monetary form. If it's career-wise, it can come in you know, happiness-wise, if it's a relationship, and it possibly could come in glory and, and confidence and self-appreciation after achieving a win in a bodybuilding competition. It is so very difficult to find something that you want, to find something that motivates you, to have something to worth sacrificing for. I mean, I can provide plenty of examples of of times in your life where you probably didn't give two shits. I mean, you know, your parents probably pushing you in school, for example, unless you knew exactly the direction that you wanted to move in, you would probably had no real motivation, no real need for discipline, no real need for commitment when it came to studying because you had nothing to sacrifice for. You had much better things to do with your time. And I mean, that can relate to a fitness goal as well. I mean, I want to lose 10 kilos versus I want to go to the gym, but I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. It's a big difference. Whatever goal you set, it requires commitment. And to maximize the likelihood of success, you need to feel a sense of urgency and have an I must do this type of attitude. Because when you don't have this attitude, you risk putting off what you need to do to make the goal a reality. You're going to be disappointed with yourself. You're going to be very demotivated and you're going to be very destructive. And you play this victim attitude where 
I haven't done this in my life, and this person's better than me, and um, this person's achieving. They're being really lucky. They're just lucky because they have everything they've ever wanted. Everything just happens for this person. Those are the type of people that you probably hear all the time. They might even be friends. They might be family. They could be anybody. You know why they're so fucking shitty with their life? Because they didn't set a goal that was worthy of achieving. And maybe they had that idea. Maybe they had that vision. They liked the idea of it. But did they commit? Did they put the work in? The answer is most certainly fucking no. They did not. And guess what? You're going to have haters all the time around you saying, Guess what? You're going to be that motherfucker standing on the top of the mountain saying, I did this motherfucker, but thank you, done, next. So going back to, you know, setting a goal. I mean, it's so very important to set something very, very specific. Your goal must be clear and well-defined. It is not very helpful if it's like, I want to go to the gym. It's like, no, what is the reason why you want to go to the gym? To have something vague or very generalized, it's extremely unhelpful because you haven't got clarity and direction. Saying, for example, that, I want to win a national bikini title. Guess what? That's going to lie a motherfucking fire up your ass. That is certainly more powerful than I want to compete. I want to compete. I mean, does that even feel good to you? Does that even sound good to you? I want to compete versus I want to win a bikini national motherfucking title. You can take the motherfucker out of the title and it still sounds good. I want to win a national bikini title. I mean, I personally don't, but it sounds good for you ladies out there that are listening. If you really want to go next level with your goal, set something that's measurable. Include precise dates so you can measure your degree of success. So for example, if it's, you know, I want to win a national bikini title, then it'll be, I want to win the national bikini title with this specific date. The more specific that you can get about a goal, the better it is for you. And I mean, affirmations is something that I really like to tie in with my goals. And that's something you could possibly look into, but maybe I can give you some examples of that a little bit later. And in saying that, I mean, you need to make sure that you're setting attainable goals because if you haven't got a national quality physique, then possibly you should look at going for, you know, your first novice title, then going for an open title and then moving up the ranks. I'm not too sure if anyone's just, you know, just come out of, you know, nowhere and just won a national title because the competition obviously at a national level event is a little bit different from the other events during the year. I think it's also so very important to set a goal in writing. The physical act of writing down a goal makes it real and tangible. You have absolutely no excuse about forgetting about it. And when you write a goal, I mean, even when you say things to yourself out loud, I mean, just let's just call it, let's just, for, for example, say, all right, we're not even going to talk about goals right now. Let's talk about everything because I'm crazy, right? Instead of saying, I would like to, or I might, I fucking hate those words. Anyone that works with me or knows me well enough, I fucking hate, I would like to, I might, or I don't know, I may be. What the fuck is that? Have some confidence and balls, motherfuckers. And if you don't have any, use some fucking vagina cream and keep rubbing till you fucking grow some. Instead of would like to, how about you say, I will, I can, I am. Powerful words that show that you fucking want it, show that you fucking mean it. Because you don't might go to dinner. You might want to go to dinner, but I will go to dinner is definitely more powerful and it's more concise and decisive. I mean, I would like to win a national title. I will win a national title. I mean, doesn't that feel good just saying it out loud? I will versus I might or I could, maybe. Fuck that shit. That is the same fucking attitude that's giving you low self-esteem because you're using pussy words to describe what you really want because it doesn't feel, you know what, nothing will ever feel good for you or good enough for you 
when you're not being honest with yourself. And part of the process about being honest with yourself is being honest with what you want in life and the goals that you'd like to achieve. And of course, how you go about it. And that's exactly the reason. I mean, look, if I went all in on something, I was completely committed, I was obsessed, I was relentless with and had this unbelievable commitment to get after a certain thing. And if that certain thing or venture wasn't successful, you know, am I going to be proud of myself? Am I going to be happy that I made the decision to commit to go and go put myself through all that effort? The answer is fucking yes. The worst thing you can have is regret and the feeling of I let myself down or I could have done better. And you know what? Half the time where you fail, guess what happens? You fucking get after again, you stupid fucks. Get off your ass and stop crying in the fucking corner and actually put some fucking effort into what you want to achieve. Because I'm so fucking tired of people, how do I get motivated, Troy? I don't have a fucking magical answer or a magic wand to just wave around to get your ass into gear because nobody can fucking do that. And I hate the cocksuckers who rely on their coaches and drain their energy. I need you to give me a pep talk every now and then. A coach is going to give you a motherfucking pep talk, right? Fucking oath, he or she should do that for you. But you shouldn't be relying on that. You should be relying on your fucking inner drive and the goal that you're setting. I mean, that's why I always ask people, like, what do you want out of competing? You know, when you compete for the experience. Fuck you and your motherfucking experience. Nobody competes for the experience. And if you believe that, you're retarded. I mean, are we going to watch, for example, let's say the Soccer World Cup and we want Australia to win, they get their ass kicked, or we're happy that they just sort of rocked up and they were in the in the top 32 or the top 16 in the world because they got through the group stages and they went to round one. Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody likes losers. That's why no one gives a fuck about who's on the bottom of the AFL ladder. That's why no one gives a fuck who's on the bottom of the NRL ladder. Nobody goes to support losers. How many people do you see fucking supporting bums in the street? I mean, would you consider that a loser? It's like define a loser. A loser to me is someone who has given up. A loser to me is someone who is not resilient. A loser to me is someone that doesn't have the commitment to continue and the relentlessness to say, fuck it, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better. But you know what's interesting? Everyone in their life at some point in time has been a fucking loser because everyone at one point in time in their life, at the very least, has not been all in 110% committed. And I think everyone can relate with that. And that's not exactly a bad thing because there's certain things that we're not going to really want to sacrifice for. There's certain things that we don't really want There are certain things that make sense to us. And for the things that don't make sense to us, guess what? We're not really that interested. We're really not that committed. And we don't give a fuck if we're on the bottom of the ladder in that I'm not interested pile. But the thing that you're interested in, the thing that's supposed to drive you, the thing that's supposed to motivate you to get you up in the morning, it's not going to feel good losing, is it? So why the fuck do you ask clowns, tell me that you compete for the experience? You're a lying fucking cockhead. If anyone on Instagram or anyone out there messages me, I compete for the experience, do me do me a fucking solid. Delete me, block me, get the fuck off my network because I don't want to talk to you because you're a bum. Winners want to be surrounded by winners. People support winners. People don't support bums. But you know what? People support people who go all in. People support people that are relentless, that are committed, that have the discipline, that have the desire. You cannot support a loser. Nobody wants to be a loser. Nobody wants to support a loser. Nobody wants to see someone with a losing attitude because that's not what we want as people. That's not what we want as a friend. And you know what? There's certain people that probably keep losing in life because 
they haven't made the decision to commit and to go all in. And you know what? I've been one of them. I've been one of them. And there's certain things that I've done that haven't been all in. And the truth is you can never be all in on everything, but you should be able to, at the very least, for your own personal development, be all in and committed for once in your life. All right, so getting back into the goal setting, you need to make sure that you have an action plan. There is no point setting a goal without having a strategy to get there. And then of course, probably the most important thing is to implement that strategy. So let's go back to the, I want to win a national bikini title and write the right words are, I will win a bikini national title. But for the purpose of this analogy, I want to win a national bikini title. All right. We're not going back and forth. Oh, you said this, you said that. No, fuck off. All right. Just listen to this shit. You need to make sure that the plan that you put in place is implemented and like, all right, I'm going to get myself a coach. I'm going to get myself a personal trainer. I'm going to get myself a posing coach. I'm going to work on these three things that I can control. You can control your conditioning because you can get in shape. You can somewhat control the level of development that you have provided that it's within a certain time frame. You can control the presentation, the poise that you have on stage, the confidence, because that's something you can practice every fucking day. You control what effort you put in on a day-to-day basis. And guess what? The people who don't put the work in, guess what? It shows on stage, doesn't it? Motherfucking water buffaloes. Motherfuckers who don't know how to pose. They're like a deer in headlights because they see the lights and they're like, holy shit balls. These are the type of people that are unprepared. You do not want to be that type of person, do you? And that's just an analogy for bodybuilding and bikini. What about an analogy in life? Who the fuck wants to be that deer in headlights? You're going to get run the fuck over. And the only way to not get run the fuck over is to have an action plan, to implement it, to execute it, and to fucking do everything in your power like your life depends on it. Making an action plan is as, is only as good as sticking with it. Sticking with it is an ongoing activity. It is not just a means to an end. Your end goal will never change, but the action plan that you set for yourself might change significantly. You need to be a perfectionist. You need to have OCD in you at the very least. And you need to make changes significantly along the way because those changes means that you give a shit. Those changes means that you're reflecting on your performance on a day-to-day basis. And you know what? That's something that you need to do. I think I spoke about it on a previous podcast. It's like, you know, you go to the gym. Are you training at a 10 10 out of 10 level? Are you going to the gym with the intention of crushing that motherfucking weight? Yeah. You're getting under the weight and you're fucking shit up. Are you leaving the gym satisfied? Are you leaving the gym with that feeling of, I did everything in my fucking power to do what I needed to do to get after it? And if you have that feeling on a day-to-day basis, guess what? You are sticking with it. You are working towards your goal. You are getting the fuck after it, and you are going to be lit as fuck come nationals because you are going to have a national motherfucking title, motherfucker. Some people like to, you know, put labels on things like short or medium or long-term goals. I don't really give a flying fuck what you want to call them. What matters more is having a specific goal and having a specific timeline. The label of what you'd like to call it, oh, that's a short-term goal that I made of mine. Oh, that's a long-term goal. Uh, That's medium. That's, uh, uh, you know what, maybe it's, no, you know what, it's medium. Shut the fuck up. People talk about things that don't actually matter. What matters more than anything is the goal that you set yourself, the timeline that you'd like to achieve, and obviously creating an action plan, implementing a strategy and fucking executing. 
One of the biggest problems that I've seen with people, with athletes, and you know what, it's something that I've resonated with and I've also seen it in myself, is the ability to or to not take action. Taking action is the number one fucking thing that everyone needs to understand. It is the one thing that is going to separate you from the next person. It is the one thing that is going to get you that next step closer to your goal. It is that one thing that's going to build that confidence, that's going to build that momentum, that's going to make you feel accomplished every fucking day because you promised yourself something and you were committed and you finally said, yes, I'm fucking getting after it. And you're going to be satisfied with that going to bed every night, taking fucking action. Stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Take fucking action. Some people ask me, what do you think is the best thing to like motivate me? I'm just going through a bad patch. Take fucking action. Guess what? I can guarantee you the shit that you're going through right now isn't going to disappear. So you might as well do something productive for you and for your needs and for your self-esteem. Do something for you and take fucking action because whether you take action or whether you don't, that bad shit that you're complaining about is still going to be there. But the thing that never will disappear, the thing that will never go away is the confidence that you have within yourself to push through the bad times as well as obviously enjoying the good times. People out there that say, look, look, I'm not putting in, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone because I've done it myself before. Okay. So people need to understand this is just completely transparent. This is me saying it like it is. And I've made a lot of these mistakes myself, but there is absolutely no fucking point in playing the victim. There is absolutely no point in complaining about every little thing that happens in your life because no one gives a flying fuck when they see you on stage. Nobody knows what the fuck you went through, but you, nobody knows your fucking life. No one gives a flying fuck what happens, whether it's a 2 out of 10, whether it's a 10 out of 10. Because guess what? I don't give a fuck either. It is not what happens to you in life. It's how you interpret what happens to you in life. It's like the world's ending because you're prepping for a bodybuilding show. I mean, does anyone actually understand that bodybuilding is probably one of the easiest sports? I'm so sick and tired. Everyone like, bodybuilding is the hardest sport. I've got so much to sacrifice for. And even the dudes, I mean, the hardcore bodybuilders are the worst. I've got to like cook my meals and then I've got to like put them in Tupperware and then I've got to go to the gym and I've got to do cardio and then sit and I sleep all day. Like, fuck, this is the hardest job ever. And then you get the same dudes that are like fucking not even going to work and they're working their standard 40 hour week. It's like motherfuckers don't understand actually what it takes to be an Olympic level athlete. Bodybuilding, as much as I love it, with all due respect, it's cruise control to some of the other sports out there. Like, people need to understand and stop talking shit and be like, uh, bodybuilding is the hardest sport ever and, uh, you know, no one understands what you're going through because you haven't competed yourself. But all right, that's just enough shit talk for now. Going back to, you know, what I was speaking about before is, you know, I want everyone to actually think about this one question. When was the last time you practiced being successful? When was the last time you practiced being successful. So that could mean absolutely anything in your life. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding related. It could be, let's, you know what, let's just make it simple, keep it bodybuilding related and say, all right, when was the last time you practiced posing? You know, oh, but I'm off season. Okay, what about in contest prep? How often were you practicing posing? Were you actually satisfied with the level of posing and presentation that you had on stage? More often than not, the answer is no. I mean, if the top five ladies in Olympia can improve their posing. And if they have posing coaches, then why the fuck do you think you're that good that you can get away with not practicing your posing? Oh, uh, but I practice 20 minutes a day. And no, practice like your life depends on it. I mean, anything that you want to do in life, right? If you want to be that successful, you got to put the work in. You got to put the hours in. Mastery, mastery, mastery. That's what you're after. 
If you're the one that's talking about a pro card, if you're the one that's talking about, I want to, I want, or I will win a national level bikini show, or even for the ladies out there that aren't interested in bikini, they're interested in figure, they're interested in physique, I want to win a woman's physique national title. That shit ain't no joke. And the level of work and dedication that you need to put into that ain't no joke either. You need to practice being successful. You need to be addicted to being great. You have to want it. You have to be crazy. Anybody can talk a story, but you actually need to back it up with action. And you know what? If you are intense in your life, you need to find people that are just as intense as you. The people that you have in your corner need to be smarter than you. They need to be working harder than you. You need to surround yourself with motherfucking winners. And that's what I was telling you ladies and gents before. Nobody wants a loser. Nobody wants to be a loser. And nobody wants to be friends with a loser. I certainly don't. It's a waste of fucking time. The best of the best want it more than anyone else. And they will do whatever it takes to get there. If you want to be great, you need to do the extra work. You need to show up early. You need to take the extra shot. You need to do the extra sprints. You need to practice on your days off. You should never be told to show up. You should want to show up. You should be asking questions. You should be researching. Everything that you do on a day-to-day basis, you should be thinking about this. And everything needs to be working towards this one goal. And if you haven't got that level of commitment, then guess what? You're going to fall short every time. You may win a national title. I mean, shit happens. But guess what? That's about it. You're not going to go any further than that. You are not going to reach your full potential. Just because you actually win. Like people are like, oh, I get caught up in winning, winning, winning. You know when people fucking really win is when they put their fucking best foot forward and they get after it and they put it all on the motherfucking line. Because sometimes winning ain't everything. You can win and not fucking deserve it. You can win and know that you could have done more. You could win and be not satisfied with the final product. There is no glory in a product that you're not proud of. And just touching on what I said before about you know surrounding yourself with winners and not being around losers. Just because you surround yourself with winners doesn't mean you rely on them. Just because you surround yourself with winners doesn't mean that you need them. The idea is to surround yourself with people who have the intention to grow in life, to want more in life, that aspire to be somebody. Because success is contagious and so is negativity. Negativity will fucking drown you. Negativity will drag you through life and rip out all your fucking teeth. So as important as it is to surround yourself with winners, your obligation to yourself must be greater than anyone else's obligation to you. And I'm going to say that again for you snowflake fucks. Your obligation to yourself must be greater than anyone else's obligation to you. And that's a Tim motherfucking Grover quote. The pressure that you put on yourself has to exceed anyone else's pressure that gets put on you. So let's use myself as an example. I've got you know athletes that I work with and obviously I set very high standards in my mind because I know what they're capable of achieving. Some of the athletes that I work with, you know, because I have that expectation that you know I can see things. There's a, I mean, look, there's a big difference in believing in someone and there's a big difference in them believing in themselves. And the hunger, the desire. I mean, if, if I have a desire that's stronger than one of my athletes desire for them to do well, then they're in the sh- they're up shit creek, aren't they? The desire for one of my athletes to do well should not be greater than their own desire because that just means that I'm more obsessed with winning than they are. And that's not how it should be. And when I do have an athlete that is absolutely obsessed and committed and all in and all these goals that I spoke about before, they've, they've gone and done their research. They're hungry for it. They're doing their extra posing. They're training really hard in the gym. They're asking questions. They're committed. They're hungry. They're going all in. It shouldn't matter what fucking expectations I put on their shoulders. It shouldn't matter the pressure that I put on their shoulders. Because the pressure that you put on yourself has to exceed anyone else's pressure that gets put on you. And I'm going to say that again. The pressure that you put on yourself 
has to exceed anyone else's pressure that gets put on you. Because if someone says to me, Joy, you're putting too much pressure on me, it's just that, you know, motherfuckers need to be pushed, right? And if you can't even push yourself, how the fuck am I supposed to push you? Because you should be thinking that you need to go to the next level. And a lot of people don't. And it's a shame because, you know, at the end of the day, that's a lack of confidence, a lack of self-esteem. And that's something that needs to be, obviously, needs to change. And it can be changed with the right attitude. It can be changed with starting to believe in yourself. It's starting to talk to yourself in the right way. And it all starts with goal setting. And then it continues with affirmations. And it continues with the support, not having losers and bums in your life. And you know what? That's probably one of the number one things that I want to get across in this podcast. Get rid of the blood-sucking vampires in your life because they're going to drag your ass down. Get rid of the negative motherfuckers who aren't achieving anything. Get rid of the time wasters who just blow up your phone who wants to talk shit about other people. Keep the people who are hungry to do better. Keep the people that want to educate others. Keep the people that are motivated themselves, that have goals and that have direction. Keep the people in your life that make you happy and make you feel alive. Keep the people that elevate their own life and elevate yours. If someone doesn't tick the boxes, doesn't matter who the fuck it is. Stop talking to them and get rid of them. Distance becomes your best friend. Distance with your family, distance with your friends, distance with your competition. Distance has to become your best friend in order to achieve the best in what you want to do. And you know what? Something's really cool. Surround yourself with people who aren't afraid to tell you that you're a piece of shit. Surround yourself with people who aren't afraid to forget about political correctness. Surround yourself with people who are willing to fucking be honest and say the hard shit to your face. Because the people that blow up smoke up your mouth, oh, babe, you look good, you know, what Troy said on the podcast was completely wrong and, you know, you weren't a blowfish. That's just asking for people to lie to my fucking face to make me feel good. And for the people out there, take it like this. You don't need people to lie to your face to make you fucking feel good. You need real people to tell you real fucking things about what you're doing in life to make sure that you turn that shit around to jack you the fuck up so you can get after it and you're not getting after it, you know what? Forget about having people around you. How about you keep yourself fucking accountable? And if you don't follow up on a goal, if you don't follow up on a task, you hold yourself accountable and stop pointing the finger and saying, I didn't have any help and play the fucking victim because it goes both ways. It's great to have a support system, but you know what? Some people don't have a fucking support system. Some people don't have anyone fucking positive in their family or their friends are all a bunch of retards and they're all negative fucks. What's your excuse then? I'm I'm blaming my surroundings. This is my environment I live in. It's too toxic. No, you motherfucker, move. No, motherfucker, change your fucking attitude. How about you hold yourself fucking accountable and stop playing the victim and pretend that your life's harder than everyone else's? Because guess what? You're a bodybuilder, you piece of shit. And bodybuilding ain't that motherfucking hard. Let's be real, people. It's not that fucking hard. It should be a passion of yours. When you fucking do something that you love, it's not fucking hard. It's enjoyable. The grind getting after it, the results that you see. If you think it's fucking hard, then this sport ain't for you. Go play fucking golf. And I just want to touch on something really quickly. I think I might've mentioned it before on this podcast. If not, I probably mentioned it on my Instagram or something like that. But what I like to do is I tell everyone to set a goal. Like what is the goal of competing in season A, competing in season B? Yeah, The goal should always be to fucking win. And if the goal isn't to win, then why the fuck are you competing in the first place? Nobody likes a loser. And you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with not winning, but wanting to win is everything. Wanting to win is what's going to get you up in the morning. Wanting to win is what's going to push you through those extra hard reps and get you past that fucked up leg session that Troy gave you. If you do something to the best of your ability, it's only a failure if you decide it's a failure. And it's only the end of the road if you think it's the end of the road. 
Just because you accomplished the goal and you've won doesn't mean you stop there. Most people that really get after it don't even celebrate their achievements because they want more. They're thinking about the next thing. Done, motherfucker, next. I want to rip out another Tim Grover quote. And for anyone that's sort of like, what is Tim Grover? Tim Grover is Michael Jordan's trainer. He's got a book called Relentless. And I've told many, 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 many people to check it out. Anyone that's interested in actually getting shit done and getting after it, go buy the fucking book. So here's another quote. You don't have to love what you do. You need to be addicted to what you do. Just like failure is an addiction, winning is an addiction. And you know what? One thing I want to put out there as well, like too many people out there want to be politically correct. Who gives a flying fuck if people don't like you, right? It's like this podcast of mine, right? I'm sure that some people might like it. Some people may not like it. Like, oh, this motherfucker swears all the time. Oh, tweet an asshole because he calls people buffaloes. I don't have a problem with being an asshole. I don't have a problem with that. You do. I don't have a problem to voice my opinion. You do. I don't want to live a sheltered life. You do. I may be at a level where you can't think the way that I'm thinking because you've held yourself back and you've just very close-minded. What I say and how I say it, there may be things that aren't understood because you're set in your ways. And maybe you might think that I'm set in my ways. But at the end of the day, you may not see things the way that I see them. And therefore, you don't like me. But guess what? I don't give two fucks if you don't like me. And for the people that are listening out there, you shouldn't give two fucks if people don't like you. It is not the end of the world if someone doesn't like you. I think it's certainly more important for you to be your authentic self, just as I'm trying to be my authentic self on this podcast. And if people like me for myself and for my authenticity on this podcast, then those are the type of people that I want to be speaking with. Those are the type of people that I want to network with. I certainly wouldn't want to network with people if I wasn't being my true authentic self because I can't be myself around these type of people. If you have people that sort of make you hesitant and you sort of, oh, I can't be myself, then you you either need to A, be yourself, Or B, move the fuck on and find people that are going to understand you and respect you and like your company and to like to network with you. And um, just touching on what I see, this this podcast has gone back and forth, back and forth because my mind is absolutely going insane right now. But another quote that I've got is, anyone can handle pressure, but most people decide not to. All right, let me repeat that again. Anyone can handle pressure, most people decide not to. Ain't that the fucking truth? Oh, I've got a comp on. Nationals is going to be so hard. There's all the guilt on Instagram. I'm looking at these people. I'm stalking them. They look so much better than me. Oh my God, look at that conditioning. Ladies, gentlemen, whoever the fuck's listening, stop looking at other people and stop comparing them to yourself. You need to be comparing your best self to you and think about what would it take for you to be your best self? What would it take for you to put it all on the fucking line? What would it take for you to stop acting like a bullshit fucking prick and actually put every effort into being your best self? There is absolutely never a good time to hear the truth, but the truth must be heard. And some of you motherfuckers need a wake-up call. And you know what? The truth is, is that I give my, myself a wake-up call every fucking day. I actually uh, wrote, I've got, a, I've got a couple whiteboards in my house and um, I actually have a time-wasting whiteboard. I haven't done it in a little while, but the last time that I did it, I was actually freaking throwing up, not literally, metaphorically speaking, with the amount of time that I was wasting on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you add up the hours that you spend on YouTube, on Instagram, watching TV, it's actually disgusting how many hours a week you waste. And those hours that you waste weekly could be added up and to be <laughs> can be used into something that's going to be productive for your future, can be productive to find mastery in your craft. Because you know what? 
there's so many people out there that are willing to do whatever it takes. And if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, someone's going to beat you to it. If you are not producing, someone else will. And you know what? It doesn't feel good when you see other people achieving great things. I mean, look, you can clap, 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 but it doesn't feel good to be a supporter. It feels good to be a motherfucking winner. That's what I was saying before. Wanting to win is everything. And putting it all on the line and saying, I want to win. I'm going to win. Let's get it. And guess what? Worst case scenario, what's going to happen? You don't fucking win? Whoop-de-doo. At least you had the fucking right attitude. I feel like I could go on and on and on about this. I'm not even sure exactly how this is going to sound because I'm just sort of winging it. But I want to leave people with one question here before I go into the question and answer format of this podcast. And I'm sure I'm going to get feedback. If you guys like my sort of rant for the, I don't know how long it's been, feel free to let me know and I'll make a part two of this and just keep going. So the question is, what would you have to sacrifice to get what you really want? And the follow-up question is, what are you willing to sacrifice? I'm going to leave that with you. And then I'm going to go into the Q&A format of this podcast. So let's get started now. So the first question is, do you think you'll cover the ICN shows? The answer is no. Second question that I've got is, will you compete again? Mm, Never say never, but it's highly unlikely. We're going through these questions at light speed right now. So thoughts on girls with tattoos on stage and does it affect placing? That's a really good question. I think that for most judges, it definitely would affect placing. It depends on the type of tattoos that they're really large and the area that they're covering. I think for you know men's bodybuilding, it probably doesn't sort of matter as much, as weird as that sounds, but I think for, for the ladies that judges want to see clean skin, and this is going to sound really fucking retarded. I understand for ladies that tattoos out there that are not going to sort of probably like what I'm about to say. I've heard this from certain judges and I'm not going to name names because that's not what I do. But tattoos aren't seen as something that is feminine. And having tattoos can obviously, um, from that point of view, cost you placings should you have them in the wrong areas. For me personally, do I think tattoos are a bad thing? I think it all depends on what it looks like. It depends on the large area that it's covering. If it is, if it isn't, most of the time tans these days can cover tattoos quite well. Um, if ladies and gentlemen are sort of worried about, you know, the type of tattoos they have and if it's going to affect their placing. I personally don't think it does because I see beyond that, but um, I have been told from certain judges that it does. So just be wary of that. So the next question is is actually quite an interesting one. Is it possible to have a bikini body and to be able to be a powerlifter? The answer is fuck yes. You know, bikini body is what, you know, you think a bikini body is. So you can have big glutes, you can have, I mean, at the end of the day, bikini is about being having big glutes, right? And obviously developing certain muscle groups around it. I know there's a few strength-based athletes that have really nice bikini-looking physiques. It just so happens, in my opinion, that you know powerlifting isn't obviously the most optimal way to train for bikini division. I don't think it's really necessary to focus on strength-based lists. I mean, you're interested in hypertrophy and to growing certain body parts and obviously reducing or minimizing the risk of growing your waistline. Now, that doesn't mean that you cannot have a bikini body powerlifting because I've seen many, many people do it. I just think that to the level of which you would like your physique to go if you're competing on a bikini stage, it's certainly going to be limited from powerlifting. If powerful lifting was, for example, the best way to get a bikini body, I'm sure that Angelica Taxera, I'm sure that this year's winner Issa Pacini, I'm sure that Laurel Lee, all these ladies would be training like powerlifters, but it's obviously quite clear that that is not the best way to train. Where there is smoke, there is fire. That's actually interesting. I had two people asking me about tattoos for bikini affecting judging. I'm just looking on my Instagram feed. I screenshotted the question. So anyone that's probably wondering why I'm ranting. So the next question is, is conditioning without cardio even possible? 
The answer is certainly yes, you can get in condition without cardio. I just think that cardio is a tool that can be used to enhance the level of condition that you can get into. Without cardio, I just believe it's a longer process because it's much easier to, especially for ladies. I mean, guys are completely different. For us men, we can sort of get away with doing minimal cardio because we have obviously very fast metabolisms. The amount of food that we can have is extremely quite high. But look, again, where there is smoke, there is fire. So many of the top level athletes do cardio. Does that necessarily mean that you have to do cardio to get in shape? Definitely not. But it is something that I recommend. I'm a big fan of HIT, combining HIT and slow cardio. Um, some people don't like HIT, and I have some clients that only do slow cardio because they've requested that. Now, it's all about being individual to you know yourself and the people that you work with if you're a coach. For me, I'm a big fan of cardio and I'm a big fan of slowly tapering up. I don't like doing a lot of cardio, and I certainly like backing off at certain periods. I mean, just like you need certain diet breaks, you need cardio breaks, in my opinion. But um, I don't want to get into much detail about all that so the next question is out of the current australian bikini pros who do you see qualifying for the olympia that's a very very interesting question i certainly see look there's a few athletes that i think are more than capable but will they do it is another story i mean look so many people have potential to to get after it and so many people have the genetics and structure to do it but it all depends on how bad they want it and the level of competition overseas is certainly on the increase and it's something that the australian pro bikini competitors need to understand and at the end of the day for the ladies in australia that are holding a pro card they need to win a pro show and uh you know how close they are to winning a pro show i'm not too sure i mean we need better competitors in australia we need better everything in australia and i think that the ladies that we currently do have however are certainly on the uprise and a lot of them are making improvements and look i don't want to go into too much detail about who and what and this and that but um the first person, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'll say the first person that I think that's going to qualify for the Olympia, haha jokes, I ain't saying shit. There was a second part question to this and how do you think this person would do in a bikini Olympia lineup? Right, right now, you know, like I said, Australian bikini competitors need to level up in order to compete with the Americans and the international competitors because we need to have more size, more symmetry, better conditioning. And uh, I think that we're not far off to get to the Olympia stage. And um, how would an Aussie do on Olympia stage? I mean, how long is a piece of string? You know, it's I can't sort of see into the future. I know that the ladies that I work with, I hold them in high regard. We have set high goals and standards for ourselves. And look, these girls are going to be putting the work in. And I, I'm going to guarantee that one of my girls will go to Olympia next year. So the next question I got is, I mean, you girls have got some interesting questions. Biggest posing mistakes. Whew. The number one thing that I really don't like is probably a lack of facial expression. So a lack of smiling, that really, really bothers me because you don't necessarily need to know how to pose to have you know a nice facial expression to show that you're enjoying yourself on stage. And it's quite interesting. I went to the, an ICN comp this past weekend where Beck, one of my clients, took out you know two first place wins and um, she's going to do very, very well. Shout out to Beck. Woo, well done. But the ICN girls, a lot of them, interestingly, didn't know how to pose correctly in terms of being aware of their body posture, their positioning. It might be due to the fact that they're all going to coach fake Kulo for posing advice. But out of all seriousness, you know, the ICN competitors weren't posing that well. Now, that's just a very general rule. That doesn't mean they all didn't pose well because some of them did. But one thing that I saw that was so interesting was that so many of the ICN competitors were so happy to be on stage. And that was probably the coolest thing that I've seen in a bodybuilding comp in a long time because the last few IFB Pro League competitions that I've been to, you see people are like very, very scared on stage. They're like 
definitely a deer in headlights. They just forget why they're there in the first place. They're there to enjoy themselves. You're there to have fun. Yes, I'm all about winning and winning so important, etc. But first and foremost, you want to be enjoying yourself. And that's one thing that I saw at this ICN competition. So it's ICN Victoria for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about. The ladies that were on stage just had just this utmost joy in their face, just smiling and just a genuine sense of happiness to be there. And that's something that I think is really missed on in a pro league stage. A lot of the IFB girls look very scared and they're sort of worried about what they're doing and just fucking enjoy yourself because that is transcended to the judges, that's transcended to the audience and people get to see that and they feel your energy. And to me, that's more impressive than posing perfectly on a stage because it takes so long to really master the art of posing, but you need to master the art of fucking enjoying yourself, people. I get a question from one of my old mates do you still super dose like the old days? Shit, motherfucker, shit, motherfucker, shit. All right, so the next question. You girls are on fire. Predictions for the next pro at nationals. Well, 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 well. That's such an interesting question. Now, I don't want to leave anyone out because I don't know everyone that's competing. And obviously, I don't know all you ladies out there. So forgive me if I have a listener that looks like a boss. I probably may not be aware that you're competing. I may have forgotten at this point in time because I'm not prepared for these questions. I just wing them out. Boom. So just off the top of my head, I'm going to you know, just boom, come out with some competitor names that I think have the potential. I'm not going to say who I believe is going to win because I know who's going to win in my mind and I, everyone knows who the fuck I think. Come on. But I'm going to throw it out there, some really cool names and you girls can stalk each other and get all bitchy and fucking fight over who'd get them in at Nationals. So from WA, I really like this chick, Rachel. I also like Liv from WA. From Victoria, I am a big fan of Lisa Zar. I'm a big fan of Maria. From New South Wales, I'm a big fan of Rachel. From Queensland, I'm all about Pamela. You know, Pamela's my girl and um, she's going to kick some ass this weekend. But for nationals, I think those girls are probably in the mix and I'm sorry if I left anyone out, but I think out of those girls, one of those girls is certainly going to get a pro card. And if someone does come out of nowhere, well, forgive me for not predicting that. I am not Nostradamus. Although as much as I'd like to be. So the next question I got is, all right, Nicole Tan, review the Asian Grand Prix. All right, I will do that, Nicole. Hopefully it wasn't on already, lol. I've got to check the competition dates, but I will do a review on that. The next question is how to pick a coach, things you should consider before competing. Actually, pretty much, you're a new listener to the podcast. That's okay. I definitely answered this in detail on one of my podcasts. I can't remember which one, but I'll just sort of briefly touch on that right now. So the coach that you're working with first and foremost needs to believe in you. They need to have a direction, but you yourself need to have a direction. So what is the goal that you'd like to achieve? And does your coach believe in that goal? Has your coach given you a proper timeline or your potential coach? It is so very important to be able to communicate with your coach at all times or your potential coach. So when investigating, you know, what coaches you could potentially go for, obviously come up with your own list. So one through five, or maybe between three coaches, send them an Instagram message and talk to them and see what they offer. And through that correspondence, I'm sure you're going to get some sort of general idea of who they are and how they communicate with you. But I would certainly investigate some of their client results that received. It's like, all right, if you're a bikini girl, you know, do his, his or her clients come in shape? Are they flat as pancake or they're all carved up to the brim? Do they actually look like they've got a good combination of conditioning or fullness, or are they just conditioned monkeys that have been dieted down on 900 calories? Is there a level of attention to detail there? Does this person offer training programs? Are training programs adjusted and amended? Is posing included in it? What are the recommendations for posing? I think more often than not, questions lead to answers. And if you come up with a number of questions for the potential coach, interview them, make sure you feel confident. And if they're not confident enough or they haven't got the time to answer your questions, can you imagine working with them? No, don't do it. You want someone that you can feel that you can be comfortable with, you can feel that you can be honest with and that you can communicate with. 
And based on that first interaction you have with them, whether you're inboxing them online or if you give them a phone call or whatever the means of communication, you can sort of get a feel of how someone is. You know, you need to pick a coach that is going to push you, that has the knowledge and obviously has good energy and aura and passion for the sport. I think it's very important. And things that you could should consider before competing is set yourself a goal. Exactly what I talk about on this podcast, set yourself a goal, something that's measurable, something that's achievable and realistic, and definitely push yourself. Investing in a posing coach that knows what they're doing. A posing coach is so, so very much underrated, and it's something that all ladies need to be able to do at a higher level. A lot of ladies don't know how to pose correctly, and that's something that you need to invest in. Do not be stingy and not pay because, oh, this poach is like $2,000. This purse, this coach is only going to cost $1,000. This person's going to prep me for free. If the coach ticks all the boxes and there's an expense involved, well, you're paying for quality, aren't you? It's the same thing for your posing coach. Do not think I'm going to do this on a budget and get a shitty posing coach. No, you want the best of the best for you. And obviously you need someone that you vibe with. And I think that's so very important. So do not be stingy on finding yourself a good posing coach because posing I mean, is so very underrated and so important. What's the point of getting in really good condition, having really good development and not being able to present that physique properly? That would be such a disaster. And it's, I've seen it from time to time again, ladies have, you know, been a little bit stingy or the pockets aren't so deep. And I understand that, but get yourself a posing coach. And if you don't get yourself a posing coach, be obsessed with your vision. Just what I said before, people that are obsessed with their vision, they go above and beyond, go on YouTube, boom, 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 boom. Copy, posing, copy, posing, practice, 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 practice. Get your posing conditioning up. Understand what you're doing. Film yourself in the hallway. Analyze how you're posing. Break it down. Film yourself again. Look at the corrections. Be obsessed with posing. Be obsessed in your vision to kick ass on stage. And you're going to do really well. Commit, commit, commit. That's what I can say to any first-time competitor, anyone that wants to step on stage. Commit to the idea of winning. Commit to the idea of being successful and you'll do really well, but you've got to be ready to put the work in. So the next question that I have is, do you think women being on the pill in a contest prep affects weight loss or water retention? Wow, that is such a detailed question. All right, so the answer is yes. It is going to throw your estrogen balance off. You will hold more body fat in your legs, 100%. I've seen it from time to time again. So ladies that are on the pill, it is going to affect your bikini ventures because you're going to have an estrogen dominance in your lower limbs. If you are going to compete and you want to compete at a high level, I strongly recommend getting off the pill and looking at any other means of contraception because it is going to affect your results. But of course, this is not something that I suggest to my clients because it's all about personal preference and I don't want to be responsible for fucking and playing with people's hormones because some people obviously go on the pills for, I mean, it's not just contraceptive purposes. Some people have really heavy periods. Some ladies have, you know, very bad acne. There's a lot of things and a lot of reasons why ladies go on the pill. So just look, do your research and understand that it may affect you. And, um, you know, if you've got any questions, feel free to DM me. So I actually had another question here submitted just literally right now. Cardio in the off season, beneficial or pointless? I think you know, it's probably not that beneficial if you're doing a lot of cardio in the off season. I think doing cardio once or twice a week, depending on your body composition. I mean, if you're out of shape, guess what? You need to diet down. You're doing cardio. But I think for the ladies that are in reasonable condition, and reasonable is an interesting term because you get to define what is reasonable. But in what I believe is reasonable condition, one hit session a week is more than adequate. Obviously, a lot of ladies have dogs. You're walking your dogs. You're probably doing more than enough cardio. So I wouldn't be too concerned with the amount of cardio that you're doing in the off season. So this is going to be the last question today. Can taking a very low doses of Clen be effective? For example, staying at five micrograms for a two-week period or is this a waste of time? 
So in my opinion, five micrograms is a complete waste of time. If I was to start a cleanse cycle, I'm going to probably start at 30 to 40 micrograms. I wouldn't waste my time doing five micrograms. So if you are wanting to do it, try seven days on, seven days off. That's something that you could do depending on your level of body fat. But obviously in a contest preparation, it would be completely different. There's a lot of variables to consider, but for someone that's new new to clean and who doesn't know exactly what they're doing, seven days off and seven days on is probably the best way to do it. That doesn't mean that's the only way to do it because I don't always do it that way. And I certainly... Uh, have a different. I certainly have a number of different protocols, but um, obviously that's something that I won't be discussing right now. But to answer the question, five micrograms is way, 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 way too low. And you know, thirty to forty micrograms is a modest dose, by the way, and it's enough to get you the results that you need. But I'm a big fan of low dose for everyone. That's probably that could be a new listener to the podcast. Low dose is always in something that I recommend. But in this case, I think five microgram is just pointless. So I wouldn't even recommend trying that. All right, so that'll do it. Another episode done. If you have any questions about this podcast, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. For those who don't follow me already, you can follow me at Troy J. Thornton. If you do like this podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you like it on SoundCloud. And if you could share it on Instagram, that'd be greatly appreciated. And for the people out there that have any topics or questions that you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, please feel free to DM me. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is Troy. Peace.